Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Give me some of that eggnog. Right uh, I'm cutting you off. You've had too much eggnog this already. This is only my second glass of eggnog. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> oh. Hi. Welcome to Animal Radio. I'm sorry, not at the top of our game. We're in the holiday mood already around here. Opening presents. It isn't even near Christmas yet. <laughs> uh, we're looking back at some of the best of Animal Radio this year. Uh, joining us today, Ruth Regina. She, of course, is the dog w- wig maker. Oh, yeah. She has some great wigs. The dogs look fantastic. That's what I should get my dog for Christmas. There you go. Dreadlocks. What are you getting your animals for Christmas? I'm getting my animal, uh, my, my cats. I'm going to get them a new condo and a new bed and some catnip toys. You know, their condos get a little wore out, a little tore up, and it's time to replace them. Mm. Even though I've heard yes. that the cat has finally gotten them just right. Yeah, it takes a little time to get them just right where all the tears and the scratches yeah. and the smells are just right. But I figure that this will give them a job to do. They can tear up a new one. Well, my cat wants a BMW for Christmas. A BMW. Uh-oh. Nothing wrong with that. No, I suppose he's going to need a chauffeur. It could happen. Yeah, that's good. who's that going to be? I want to hear what you're getting your animals for Christmas or the holidays. one 405 8405 Call us, tell us. We'll fry up to some prizes, too, for your animals. one uh, 405 8405 Hi, who's this? This is Chris. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Just fine. How are you? Very good. Do you have any animals? Uh, yes. What do you have? I have two. Uh, two German Shepherds. Two dogs, two German Shepherds. Yeah. What are their names? Uh, one's Ariel, mm-hmm. and the other one's Kazo. Kazo. Are you getting them uh, presents for Christmas? Uh, but of course. <laughs> what did you get them for Christmas so far? Can you say? Uh, well, one of them's with me, so I can't really tell you oh, what just Kazo's whisper. getting. But <laughs> just whisper. The other one's going to get a, a big rawhide bone, one of those like big three-foot ones. Ooh. And uh, the other one probably get a uh, new couple of new uh, Kongs. Ooh. Like you want. Very, uh-huh. very good. Can we give you guys a couple of Kuga tags? We have a couple of left. A couple of left. Oh, that'll be fine. Thank you. <laughs> Hold on a second, okay? Okay. Shouldn't have had so much eggnog before the show starts. <laughs> Hi, who's this? This is Sharon. Hi, Sharon. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Where are you calling from? South Lake Tahoe. What's the weather like uh, this weekend in South Lake Tahoe? Getting beaten? About 26 degrees and flurrying. Flurrying? You guys actually oh, need... Just- we need some snow. Yeah, you need the snow, so this is all good for you, huh? Yeah, a little bit better than it has been. Well, you had called in just after we asked what the most popular name was, and you had guessed, well, what did you guess? Princess. Princess, which actually it does come in in the top ten, so we're going to load you down with a, at least a cougar tag for your pets. What kind of pets do you have? I got a cat. A cat. What's your cat's name? Pika. Pika. Yeah. Have we talked to you before? No. Okay, Pika. It seems like I've uh, heard that name before. Well, Pika is a thing that is what it's called when animals eat things they shouldn't. So I was going to ask her, how did your cat get the name of Pika? Well, there's little, um, they're like little rodents that live in the rocks in the alpine area of Colorado. Uh-huh. And they, they don't, they bark, kind of. They bark. They make a little squawking sound. So <laughs> she doesn't meow, she squawks. We call her Pika. Uh, Pika. Well, that's that's very good. Now, I just found out that cats respond most readily to the names that end with E. 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 Like, we have a cat here, Nike, in the studio. When we call him Nike, he always comes. Does your cat enjoy catnip? 
she does. She does. That's the first cat I've had that does that. Yeah, well, because I guess about 20% of them don't have the gene for catnip. What kind of cat is your cat? Just a regular old... Uh, uh, tabby. Tabby? Uh-huh. Okay, now I understand Siamese cats are among the cats that don't like catnip. And I don't believe that because I've actually given a Siamese cat uh, catnip and they've enjoyed it. And the last fun fact, the fa- fun feline fact, how many hours a day do you think your cat spends sleeping? If it's healthy. I would say, I mean, I've heard before they spend about 14 to 16 hours a day sleeping. 14 to 16 is, 16 to 18 is actually what a healthy cat could sleep most of the day. They're awake six to eight hours. Don't you wish we had schedules like that? (laughs) I don't know. This weather I might today. (laughs) (laughs) Go in and hibernate today. Well, Sharon, I want to thank you very much for listening to Animal Radio. We're going to send you a cougar tag and some more prizes for the kitty, maybe some catnip, okay? Okay, great. It was fun talking to you. Hold on one second. Okay, thanks. Since we're in the holiday mood here at Animal Radio, uh, we didn't want to produce a new show this week. We just figured we'd play a lot of the stuff from this year, because we've had a lot of great shows this year. And one of my favorite times was when Sheena Easton joined us. She was fun. It went sort of like this. Let's go back, back, back. Diva Sheena Easton on the phone with us. Hi, Sheena. Hi, how are you? Very well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Ow, my cat just attacked me. Uh oh. Which one? Oh, um, this is Yodi. Or Yoda's her formal name. Ow, Yodi. (laughs) (laughs) She, um, we have six of them. Wow. Wow. And two dogs. And they all get along? Uh, well, there's two groups. There's the the original gangsters. Uh huh. The two originals, and then there's the four sort of newbies and we have to do a rotation system where um, the the first two get run up the house and then the other four. Luckily the house is big enough to accommodate that but they're all rescue cats uh-huh. and um, we had two of them and then of course you know the kids talked me into getting another cat. So we, <laughs> Why not? We brought home from um, from one of those no-kill shelters. Uh-huh. We went in, you know, going to get a cute little kitten. And um, there was this black cat Uh-oh. in the cage, curled up in a fetal position, not interested. And the lady said that she'd been stuck in there for seven months. Uh-huh. And, you know, so we said, that's our cat. <laughs> so we took her home, and I noticed right away she was shaking her head. So she had ear issues. Uh-huh. And we took her to the vet, and she got an operation the next day to get a polyp out of her ear. Wow. And um, now she's a happy cat. She's a big, fat thing that <laughs> she um, she's just doing real good. But so when I took her back to the vet to get her ear checked, uh-huh. At the vet, somebody had dumped off a mom and, a, and kittens, and of course, I took the mom and the two kittens home. So I went in with, with one and came home with four, so that gives us six. <laughs> Isn't that the way it always happens? Yeah, it's never it intentional. It does, but they're just, they're so great. Now, they're, do you spoil them? Oh, please. Yeah. What, what do you think is the most spoiled thing you do for them? My cat? Yes. Oh, my goodness. What's the most spoiled thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's hard to, to come up with. I mean, the, our well, okay, the, one of the original cats, uh-huh. right? The original gangsta. The original gangsters. Her name is Puffy. Uh huh. 
and um, she's the most spoiled on the planet because she had panleukopenia, uh-huh. and she was supposed to die at five weeks old. Not a lot of um, uh, survivability. What is panleukopenia a, a cancer? What is panleukopenia that? is essentially a, a extreme form of distemper. Oh, distemper. Okay. And if you look it up on the internet and just look at what you know, any any cat that's less than. Um, 16 weeks, there's about a, a 90% death rate. Ooh. And wow, both these kittens were five weeks old. So first of all, they spent a weekend in the emergency, and then I took them to my vet. And this vet, God bless her. She is like the best person in the world. Uh-huh. She took my babies home with her wow. so that she could set her alarm and get up every hour to squirt you know, this, this food down their throat to keep them on a drip. Uh-huh. And she kept them alive through the worst phase of it, and they survived. But this cat, the long story short, once uh, she's had li- she's had some problems. She's got a little bit of uh, brain damage issues, um, mm. and she's also a peer. Uh oh. And so I've removed every piece of carpet. I've removed everything you can think of from, oh, from downstairs. She sprays all over? Uh, she will just look at you and sit down and pee right in front of you. I know those types. Like, how you doing? I'm just having a little time out here. <laughs> and so, we're, you know you know how, like, your your grandma will put the plastic covers on the couch? And uh-huh. stuff? We have to put plastic covers on the couch. Mm, yes, yes. And take them off when we want to sit there. It's a nightmare. So, I, And now she's on um, pills to try and help her not do what, it. What kind so, of pills is she? On. She's on, you know, like uh, uh, kitty downers. Kitty, like Boost Par, or is it a Prozac, or is it? Uh, 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 you know, um, it starts with an A. An A, okay. Does we're, it work? We're going to research that because we we actually know that multi cat households like that. That is a problem, and uh, we know cats like this. That shh, last resort is to go to medication like Boost Par. They're they're anxious cats. They they pee all over. Well, you know, all of the cats. I have no litter issues, but Puffy always had a litter issue. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I'll research everything. I have every book on cats you can think of. Uh-huh. And um, right from the get-go, the signs were there. She has never attempted to cover up when she goes in her litter box. Hmm. When she was a, a kitten, all the other cats go in, they're fastidious. They'll be in right. there for an hour digging. Uh-huh. She just goes in, she leaves her business, and she walks away. She's never... And they say in all the books... That can sort of uh, indicate issues down the line. Mm, And before any of the other cats came along, she had issues where she would go um, Mm. outside of the box. Mm. Uh So uh, I don't think that it's the the classic mark in the territory thing. Um, And, you know, everybody says, I don't know how you put up with it. But I look (laughs) in her eyes and what am I going to do? She's my baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're not going to get rid of her. No. So that's her spoiled thing. The whole family um, revolves around puffy issues. Make sure your bedroom doors are shut. Uh, You know, I, I get those big gallon couple of gallon things you know i go around and i spray as soon as i notice anything so there's there's no odors whatsoever in the house because i'm like fastidious about keeping it clean uh-huh. but the the main thing is is just you know what we've got wood and tile floors now downstairs 
Well, we got a we got an early Christmas present for you. We're going to send you a case of Get Serious. Get uh, Serious? Yes. Have you ever tried that? No. What's that? It removes the pheromones that, that are associated with the uh, spraying and the peeing, so that they don't go back to the Green same mark. areas. Plus, I have those little diffusers with the that you plug into the sockets that put the pheromone stuff in the air. Comfort I, zone. Feel yes. away. I do it all. Uh huh. I do it all. I've got it all. I mean, if if it's been out there, I'll try voodoo. I'll stick pins in something <laughs> if it need be. You know, I get a little. Doll. <laughs> How do the dogs get along with all of this? My dogs love the cat. Really? Yeah. No, we, we, I grew up where I always had dog and cat households. And uh-huh. I'd say most times, and you know, unless you've got a, a dog that you just know isn't going to take to cats, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, my, my dogs love them. The cats climb all over them. They, they play with them. They do this thing where they chase each other around the house. Uh-huh. No, they got along great. Oh, that's good. good. Have you heard of Kyle Orent? Have you? He's a, he's an eight year old kid who uh, sold lemonade. Well, the last few summers, and he made twenty thousand dollars by selling lemonade. By selling, by lemonade. selling lemonade. Did you did you ever eight sell years lemonade old. as a kid? No, but you know my daughter Skylar has a lemonade stand. We're near a golf course, and she goes up where the golfers go across the street. Oh yes, smart. And, you know she clear. Sometimes she'll clear a hundred bucks on a Saturday, <laughs> but twenty thousand man, That's... what is he selling? What is he putting in the lemonade? That's what I want to know. Looking back at 07, Sheena Easton, she is one animal lover there. And Kyle Laurent, by the way. He ended up making a total of $30,000 the last two years for Canine Companions for Independence. Wow. Looking back at 19... What year is it? I'm sorry. It's 2007. Yes. <laughs> uh, give me that glass of eggnog. one 405 We want to hear what you're getting your animals for Christmas. I think Judy spent way too much money at almost $5,000. I think, But she loves her animals, and she has a few of them. Maybe you did. Maybe I spend too little on my animals. Well, I'm not if you get that uh, BMW. BMW. Yeah, that cat, my cat really wants that BMW there. <laughs> yeah. We'll go back to the phones next. Don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Emmy Lou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pet stops? Resoiling in the house. Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? 
It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call one 888 pets 911 Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stand strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. What do you mean there's no alcohol in it? You mean this eggnog has no alcohol? <laughs> Let's go back to the phones, okay? What are you getting your pets for Christmas? 1-866-405-8405. Ruth Regina on the way, by the way. Hi, who's this? This is Lynn. Hi, Lynn. How are you doing? I'm good. And you? Very good. Where are you calling from? Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Listening on WEEU, 8.30 a.m. That's correct. Th- thank you very much for doing that. It says up here on the screen that you had a guess for the most intelligent dog. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Okay. And did you find out what it was? I heard you this morning uh, at the end of the program where you identified the Border Collie. Yeah. What was your guess? Uh, well, I have a Labrador Retriever, and he's pretty intelligent. He is. He actually comes in number seven on the list. Then. I heard that, yes. And uh, how many of those do you have? Just one. What's his name? Jupiter. Jupiter. How cute. Now, are you shopping for Christmas for him? Um, well, yes. <laughs> or the <laughs> holidays, to be more politically correct, I should say. That's that's fine. It would be Christmas. I usually get him a, a red ribbon and tie it around his neck, and he wears that Christmas Day for our, when we go for a walk in the morning and in the evening. And does he like wearing it? He usually tries to take it off, but he's older now. Maybe he'll let it on. But we, we sure do enjoy it, don't we? Yes. <laughs> May I ask a question about uh, leader of the pack issues? Absolutely. This would be the place to do it. Now, if you wanted to order a pizza, probably the wrong time to do it. <laughs> but we can help you with leader and pack issues. Okay. That's the problem I have with this dog. He was three and a half months when I got him, and he... He was the only one of the litter left, and I didn't know why until I had him for a while. (laughs) 
and um, he has me trained very well, and that, that's been the, the problem here. I still have leader of the pack issues with him. He seems to, um, he, licks, he licks my face a lot, and I cannot get him to stop that. And I know that's a dominant issue. Uh, yeah, I, I hate it when they lick your face, too. It's At what point in time, what are you doing when he licks your face? Uh, he, usually he wants my attention, and he'll just come up right up on the chair, and he'll start licking my face, and I can push him down, and he'll sit there, and then he'll he'll lick my hand or my arm or whatever, almost as if, you know, I want your attention now. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to show him that you don't don't want that. And uh, if you're sitting down and he comes up and licks you, stand up and stand over him to to have a domineering position. Kind of lean over him, which will kind of force him to sit down. And when he starts licking your face, uh, according to Vlade, Vlade, the dog wizard, yeah, and you need to make a sound like <clears throat> a growl, <clears throat> you know, a, a loud noise like ah ah. To let him know that that's not acceptable and okay. stand up and make that noise at the same time. That's actually speaking his language there because he's looking at body language uh-huh. and he's looking at the noise that comes out. Now, when they're licking your face, it's kind of hard to get up and get angry at yeah. them. I understand. But you got you got to be able to show them that's not something that you want to happen. No, and a habit most women have is we talk to we talk to the animal real sweet, like, don't do that, sweetie, don't do that. And to them, that's encouraging. They don't hear that. They hear, ooh, they just hear the soft Ooh, the voice. soft, which is encouraging. So you got to stand up. you got to kind of growl at him and kind of stand over him to let him know, no, you know, real loud. Don't use the word no. Just use, just growl at him. And, okay. of course, don't use his name when you do that either. Yeah. It's loud. He's sitting here listening to this, you know. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> oh, good. Maybe he's understood it right from us. <laughs> and, and, of course, when he does something like that, diverting his attention to a, a toy or some other activity is always very helpful, too. And then when he stops, praise him. Okay. A lot to remember, huh? Yeah. I hope that works. If you have any more questions or problems with them, let us know. If I have any more problems, I'll call back. Okay. Is that Can, okay? Yes, yes, absolutely. Can we go ahead and send you a cougar tag for Jupiter? Oh, I'd love that. Okay, thank you for listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second. Thank you. 1-866-405-8405. You can also email us with your questions, your voice at animalradio.com. Hi, who's this? Uh, name's Greg Holloway. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing? Very good. Where are you calling from? Right now, I'm in Dover, Delaware. Dover, uh, Delaware. Yeah, I heard your radio station this morning, gave a call, and I was coming from Pennsylvania. Oh, very good. Okay, do you shop for your animals for Christmas? Do you have? Are you getting them presents? Uh, am I getting them presents? What kind of What kind of animals do you have anyway? I have I have a, a golden retriever mixed with something else, and we have no idea what that else is. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have new DNA tests now. You can find out. Yeah, right. I was listening to that guy on the on the on the radio. I was impressive that they can actually check to see. Uh, that would be we probably would pay the hundred and thirty dollars at the veterinary just to find out. You know what this other part of the dog is in. Uh-huh. Uh, we do have a, a full-bred golden retriever as well. It's a male. Uh-huh. He's on the large side. He's got these monster paws. So, uh, are you getting your your pet's Christmas presents? Uh, we'll probably, you know, uh, yeah, we'll probably get them some bones, uh, maybe some tug. They like to play tug of war, and we're probably going to give them some extra frisbees. Uh, you know, the the young the the one we we inherited the one the golden retriever in the in the mix. 
she was uh, some friends were going through a divorce and we ended up taking the dog but she knew how to catch a frisbee and, and our Godfrey who's our, our male uh-huh. he's a puppy he just turned like uh, a year now uh, he didn't know how to catch a frisbee yet but he, he learned pretty quick he was a fast learner there he watched so, her oh yeah he watched her and then he, he practiced but then once he got it down she can't touch him now <laughs> <laughs> Greg uh, how many how many dogs do you have Two? I only I only have two. Okay, my wife we, and I have two. Can we send you a couple of Kuga tags for them? Sure. Okay, sure. we're going to do that. Hold on, Greg. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio. No this is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, and remember how very very important it is to spay or neuter your pet. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Chestnuts over a fire. In the holiday mood here at Animal Radio. Someone better put that fire out. <laughs> I think they better put you out. You know what? We were looking back. We were looking back at 07, having a fun time, thinking Ruth Regina was one of our best guests that we had. She's the dog wig maker, and we were going to replay her, but we figured why not get her on the phone for real? <laughs> And see what she's up to, and I believe she's on line three. Uh, hi, Ruth. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, just fine. And how are you doing? Doing good. Miss you. Last time we saw you was at Super Zoo. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Wasn't that a fun time? Did you muster up a bunch of business from that? Oh, yes, we certainly did. We got many orders from there, and I met so many interesting people. It was a lot of fun. Now, for those of you that are new to Animal Radio, Ruth has been, well, she's been in show business for, what, you did, didn't you do makeup for Jackie Gleason? Oh, yes, I was the makeup director and in charge of the wig making department. So you're an eighth generation wig maker and you've been making wigs for celebrities and what, last year you decided you're going to do it for dogs, right? Well, yes, I uh, went to a pet boutique and I saw all these beautiful things for little doggies in all sizes, tiaras, necklaces, workout clothes, bridal clothes. I saw an old carriers to carry uh, little doggies, alligator, extremely expensive and some men expensive, but all kinds. Uh-huh. And I said, oh my. Now's the time for wigs for dogs. Mm, You were right on there. And maybe even uh, cats, too. Oh, yes. I put my doggies wig on my cat, Uh and uh, she had it on for a few hours, and she didn't seem to mind. Now, uh, what what kind of wig did you put on the cat? Because you have all kinds of different styles. I'm actually looking right now at the Joe the Bartender. Oh, yes. That's a great one for boy dogs. It's sort of like a mop top, like a Beatles mop top, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you decide what kind of wig to get your dog? Because I'll, I'll, I'll be real honest with you. Donald Trump, I don't like his wig. Everybody... No, no, no. We don't carry that anymore. In respect to Mr. Trump, that just went out without my approval, and I just didn't think I would like to do that. Oh, you mean you actually had a Donald Trump wig? No, no, I don't. <laughs> but not anymore. I just don't. 
right. Okay, I understand. That's very respectful. And Absolutely. Sure. That wonderful man, the icon, I wouldn't think of doing that. How do we decide what kind of wig to get our dogs? Well, uh, first you look at the color of the dog, and if it's a little girl, uh, you could have a pink or a little brown or blonde Shirley Temple curls. There are so many different styles. If it's a boy dog, you would look more toward the Joe the Bartender or the Dreadlocks, <laughs> which we're making. And uh, we have a spiky wig, which is, you know, for a macho, tough <laughs> dog. And uh, we have the more delicate, fluffy ones, Marilyn Monroe. You know, all different styles for the little girls. Are these wigs just for small dogs, or do they go all the way up to the large breed dogs? Well, we had them for a shoot the other day, and we had one on a Labrador. Oh, no. And we had one, the dreadlocks, on the uh, Russian wolfhound. <laughs> so uh, it, it goes on any size dog. What are the occasions that we would need uh, a wig? Do you make them for uh, uh, different occasions? Like, for instance, we have the holidays coming up here. Do you have a holiday line? Oh, yes. I have the... Uh, Red and green uh, wig for uh, Christmas. Oh, and yes. I have it on my dog, Baby Wiggles. And we took some pictures of that. I don't know if it's on our website at this time because we just did that last week. Uh-huh. And uh, yes, uh, oh, I made holiday uh, wig for Halloween, and for all the seasons, we'll be giving them with a special flair for the holiday feeling. What is the most popular wig? Which one sells the most? I would say the Yappy Hour, because you can uh, reset it. They aren't throwaways. You can wash them and set them most any way you like. And for boys, I would say the dreadlocks. And, well, all three of them are quite popular. Uh, extensions are very popular in the human world. Do you make extensions for for dogs? Oh, yes. I have the Pika Bow Wow. And I have the uh, Pink Panther. Uh-huh. And the Cutie Curls. You just <laughs> clip it on. <laughs> just like women would wear. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm just finding out just now on the phone line, someone wants to know if you make them for ferrets. Uh, yes, we can. We made one, a special one for a little uh, a chihuahua, uh-huh. and uh, I was told it would fit a ferret. Okay, we'll, we'll have to let, let that listener okay. know there. Yes. Uh, any celebrities get in touch with you to get wigs for their dogs? Well, uh, we had just started with this. It's so very new. But we had Johnny Blazer and one moment. What's the name? The name of Johnny Blazer's and Nikki Six. We made a mohawk for their dog. And they said they're going to use it on the uh, red carpet. Absolutely. Well, these are absolutely wonderful. I love them. I wouldn't know which one to get, but we could go to the website and find out. uh, Oh, yes. And And we'll be coming up with other styles. 
every uh, how often do you come up with a new style well i have around 15 now and they can be changed around for different ways but i'll think of something now these are made out of uh what is it it's uh, they're made out of synthetic fiber, but we also make them out of uh, European hair or hair, and uh, we custom make them also. Now, do you find European hair is better than, let's say, American hair? I would think so. Uh, we use Italian hair. Uh, it's hair. I only say better because these girls save their hair to sell. Oh. And uh, they have their heads wrapped in a towel. So when they're picking the grapes or cherries, they don't have the sun bleach their hair out or dry it out. Wow. And uh, that is the finest hair that comes from Italy. Whoa. Wow. I didn't know that uh, people actually did that. Oh, yes. It's been a profession that has been going on for hundreds of years. Now, Judy, do you think I could sell any of my hair? What hair? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even think you could put a wig, make a wig for a chihuahua no, with that hair. Think, what is the most expensive, the top of the line that you've ever done wig for a dog? Well, I don't think that has yet to come. <laughs> but I did make uh, uh, three hair pieces for this lovely lady who has three dogs. And they ran $1,000 a piece. Wow. You'll find that a lot of people will spend a lot of money on really anything for their animals, huh? They love them lots now, huh? Oh, yes. I'm going to give out your website because I want people to go over there and take a look at it. It's www.wigglesdogwigs.com. That is great. And I'm going to pull a link also from animalradio.com. If you're driving along right now, anything you've heard on today's show, there's a link uh, right from AnimalRadio.com. Oh, how much fun. Where are you calling me from? I'm calling you from Utah, southern Utah, but we're all over the country. We're from Los Angeles to New York. Oh, how very nice. We always love it when you come on the air with us. We think what you're doing is very, very exciting. Well, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. And we will be in touch with you next year to see how things are going. Oh, that's fine. And it's so nice talking to you. Have a great, wonderful holiday, Ruth. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Ruth Regina on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. <laughs> Hi, this is Wendy Malik on Animal Radio. And do not forget, stay in neuter. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. 
Your dog will thank you. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Cowardly canines are being taught to face their fears at a self-confidence course designed to bring out their inner wolf. The course, which was a huge success in Austria, was developed by animal behavior expert Marion Prutch. She said she designed the inner wolf course to make dogs more secure, not aggressive. She added that self-confident dogs rarely bite and are more fun to be around. Prutch said that some breeds of dog were naturally more nervous than others, including, surprisingly, the Doberman, Dalmatians, and Border Collies. The most self-confident are the Irish wolfhounds, but they're also the biggest. No word if anyone is working on a cat course to bring out the inner tiger, but that might have something to do with most cats not having a self-confidence issue. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. We're looking back at 07. Up next, we go to the race for the rescues. And Ted Casablanca, you won't want to miss that. That's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello. And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a Christmas present. What a good idea. Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Hi, this is Shelly Morrison from Willing Grace, and I'm on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter.
your pets, please. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Sitting around the fire, which uh, Judy has put out with my eggnog. <laughs> Looking back at 07, visiting with Ted Casablanca from ETV at the Race for the Rescues. We go back. Yes, I know who that is. That's Ted Casablanca. Hey, Ted. Hey. How you doing? Good, how are you? Ted Casablanca from ETV. How you doing? And this is my partner, John. Hey, John, how you doing? And this is Margo, the most important one of all. Of course. What, what kind of dog is Margo? Uh, she's a bit of everything. She's a Chihuahua, Pomeranian, Dachshund, I think. You know, maybe a little bit of Paris Hilton in there, too. No, you didn't run sure. today, did you? <laughs> yeah. I know. Do I look like I'm dressed or No. <laughs> you don't look Thank sweaty you for or anything asking. like that. Uh, but did we... you run with your bunny ears? Uh, no. Do I look like I could run? Like you yeah, could. you do. Look like you're uh, got a runner's build. Uh, no, I didn't. I, I was, uh, like Judy, a spectator today. Uh, except what would the runners be without us spectators? Well, you know, Margot runs. Does she? Yeah, she's this little thing, and she's actually quite aggressive and very athletic. She's a bit surprising. And she probably could have done this uh, easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a piece of cake. Easier than we could, I'm is sure. Is Margot the only dog at the house? She is, but we, we have two cats. Did they get along? Um, they get along. Butch is uh, the 18-pounder, and he sort of, like, tries to boss Margo around, but mm-hmm. Margo doesn't let it, mm-hmm. let him do it. And uh, and then there's Cleo. She's very, she kind of stays away from everybody. Cleo's just the, she's no one believes Cleo actually exists, is what oh, you're Oh, no, saying. no, no. They, they, they just stay away from her because she's very elegant. And, you know, she's a girl cat. You know, girl cats are a little <laughs> snittier than boy cats. Sure. You know, no, I know but boys are just sluts, you know. They just want to lay on you. and they You're, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. You know? You don't t- that pattern, yes. Okay, so you're... This, you're tr- this isn't where you want to go, is it? Oh, hey, you know, I go anywhere. We t- I take it to the lowest common denominator. Just when the show starts to sound smart, then Hal comes in and takes over. Yes. Uh, the, the dealie with the cat. You want to add a cat and no, a dog? No, you want to add dogs to your household? And I want to add a dog, but I'm really afraid of how everybody's going to take it and how everybody's going to get along. So this is another example of that it does uh, yeah. work. Absolutely. I yeah. haven't actually heard that they don't get along. Everyone says either they're, they're best buddies or they just kind of tolerate each other and there's no you know fighting or anything. They, they learn how to coexist. I actually think that people um, think foolishly that it's up to just the animals. I think the animals are looking to you yeah. to see how you respond. So what we do is we lay on the bed with them all and try to include them all and in, in being friendly yeah. with each other. And if they see that you're being perhaps friendlier to the the cat or the dog and you know the cat or the dog will pick up on that mm-hmm. and want to be in on the fold you yeah, see this is it's this not very scientific no that really is yeah. this is where we start sounding smart yeah. and then i talk you know it's, it's, because that that is so true your animals really react they pick up on how you're reacting in any situation if you leave the house and you're stressed out and anxious they're going to be anxious when you leave the house so is Animal Radio like 24-7? Well, there's two, there's two things going on here. We have a nationally syndicated radio show on 95 stations across the country on coast here in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then we have uh, streaming online 24-7 and independent pet stores and on cell phones, a uh, right. full-time network. Right. Which and, and are you all, like, politically correct? I mean, are you, you know, picketing Paris Hilton's house for adopting <laughs> purebreds or as opposed to a rescue? I mean, what, how, how, how renegade are you all? Well, last week we took on Ellen. We, oh, you did? Yes. Did you really? Yes, we we, we think that uh, she she abused her power and used that show uh, improperly. 
tell me about it. She, there you go, Tam. There you go. Casablanca agreeing with me there. She, she knows she did the wrong thing. She, yeah. And she continues to do the wrong thing. Oh, my God. You're ne- I love Ellen. I think she's actually pretty cool, but not on this count. You know what? I uh, every you, know, day. you don't hand dogs off from one owner to another just like there's some sort of handbag. If it doesn't work out one place, you, you give it to another. Of course, you send it back to you know, the agency where you got the dog exactly. to, to let them replace. The- but the other thing you got to realize, and you know this because you, you have a high-profile job, that particular situation, she had a form that no one else had. Her show, her TV show, which is very, very powerful. Yeah, and absolutely. And what she did was she got her fans, who were quite allegiant to, you know, mistakenly root for the wrong thing, sure, which exactly. is a shame yes. because they should have been helping the this uh, rescue agency instead of you know helping close it down. Which is uh, pretty much is, isn't that what happened? Pretty much yes. what happened. Yeah, which, which is just hideous. And she pulled such a a, a guy thing too. She said she didn't know. <laughs> she said, "Oh, it was a Porsche signed the paper. I didn't sign." It's like, oh, come on. Don't blame it on the girlfriend. That's such a dude thing to do. Oh, I didn't know my girlfriend did it, dude. Yeah. How true it is. But, you know, I love Ellen, just not on the score. Yes, you know, we shut down the studios every day to to watch her, but we haven't since she's come back. We're very disappointed. And uh, did you really pick at her house? Uh, did we pick at her house? We send Guido over. No, we send some some, <laughs> some interns over to her house just to uh, to sit there. We didn't go there actually personally. We just uh, we, you leave it to the grunts. To we do we the actually dirty just work. thought this stuff. So yeah. you sat we, in we, your we, big executive <laughs> office with your bunny ears, and you let you, you let the interns do it. <laughs> Ted, you're awesome. Thanks for coming out today and supporting oh, the cause. Yeah, he's getting rid of my ass. It's like you know. <laughs> Ted Casablanca from E Television. It's the race for the rescues live from the Pasadena Rose Bowl. Uh, Golden back, taking a look at the big newsmakers of 07. Ellen DeGeneres definitely making news in the animal world. And Ted Casablanca from ETV chiming in on that. That's all we have time for this hour. I want to I warn you. There's more. There's more at AnimalRadio.com. You can also hear us on your cell phone. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627 or check us out online at AnimalRadio.com. And remember, if you get a pet, please stay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. Have a great week. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Turn this on over here. Yes, push that button. Okay. Sitting in front of the fireplace, which if you uh, just tuned in last hour, Judy uh, put out the fire with my eggnog. (laughs) I had to cut you off. We're looking back at 07 and all the wonderful people that devoted time to animal radio through 07. Of course, a lot of them being celebrities that, uh, you know, spend their off hours with animals in one way or another. One of those people, Glenn Close, and she joined us. And this is what it sounded like as we go back. Everybody is a pet lover, even Glenn Close. And she is on... Line two. Well, hi, Glenn. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Did we catch you at work? No, I'm back from work. I worked earlier today. You've got a grueling schedule, I understand, working on damages, right? Yeah, fun, though. Well, I welcome you to Animal Radio, and there's one thing I want to clear up first for all the listeners. Um... You've played some roles. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know what you're going to say. Well, okay, let's let's just, I want to list off what I remember. Uh, of course, 101 Dalmatians, you terrorized puppies. Yeah. Fatal attraction, there was the bunny incident. And then uh, in this, in damages, didn't you have a dog killed in the, the pilot episode? That's what's inferred. Okay. <laughs> I kind of am in denial about that. Glenn, how could you? Oh, yes, I know. But we know different. You're, you're very much the uh, animal lover, aren't yes, you? Yes, in fact, I'm feeding Bill and Jake as we speak. <laughs> Tell us about Bill and Jake. Oh, Bill and Jake are adorable. There's a woman called Elaine Sober, Sober who lives in McAllister, Montana, who for a number of years has um, bred this wonderful combination of terrier mixes. Mm. And um, my family's had a lot of them. Uh-huh. So Bill and Jake are Montana Terrier mutts. <laughs> Montana Terrier mutts, okay. How old and are they, they? they go with me everywhere. Jakey's eight. He's actually my daughter's dog. And uh, Bill is six. So they go with you to uh, on the set and everything? Yeah, they do. Oh, how fun. They're, they're the uh, mascots of Steiner Studio. I have a nice room where they can stay, or I love to bring them down to the set if it's not, you know... If it's conducive, and we tape their little jingly collars so that uh, they won't disturb the sound, and they everybody just loves it when Billy and Jake come. They don't ruin a take or anything, huh? No, I mean I've had two of my other dogs in movies with me, and they're so sensitive to you know to my every move and voice that they're it's, they act as if they're their highly highly trained dogs. So in some ways, I wish that Jakey had been my dog in the movie, but I don't think, I don't know if he, I don't think he could have been taught to bark. And like <laughs> have they ever tried to sneak on the set during the filming and actually be part of the show? No, that, no. Would, that would never happen. <laughs> it would be hard, hard for them to get past all the people that would you know, waylay them before they got to the set. When I was a teenager, I had an epiphany with an animal. Uh, there was, I learned that animals were sentient beings. I connected with my first animal. Did that ever happen to you? Do you have a childhood animal that sort of changed the way you thought about animals? I have been surrounded by, by animals my entire life, so they've informed me from, you know, from when I can remember. So I've never had a life without animals, especially dogs. My first dog uh, was a collie, and uh, we, we lived on a wonderful piece of property in Connecticut, but it had a very long, straight road along one edge, and so a lot of our dogs, unfortunately, died on that road because people would speed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a farm, you know, so it was kind of hard to keep track of them all the time, and we didn't have, they didn't have the now, the invisible fences and all that. Mm -hmm. So my, my first dog, you know, met his fate on Round Hill Road, um, I, and I wore his belt. I mean, I wore his collar as a belt. That's how little I was. Aww. And I have a huge memory of him. He was a wonderful tricolor collie. Mm -hmm. And uh, we grew up with collies. And then my dad was in medical school, and he would rescue dogs from the lab that, they, that probably they'd found on the oh, New, yeah. New York streets. And so we had not only collies, but um, a great motley assortment of New York street dogs. So... Um, and then I had a dog all through college. I've, you know, I've always had a dog. You're a dog person? I'm very much a dog person, though I also have two cats. <laughs> they're, probably, they're probably spoiled just as much as the dogs. I wouldn't say my dogs are spoiled. My dogs are extremely well-mannered. So um, they're, I guess they're spoiled in that 
I try to include them in as much as my life as possible. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, dogs love to be included. Definitely. <laughs> they, they kind of expect to go wherever I go and, and always this terrible look when they realize that they can't. Um, but they're very much uh, part of our life. I understand that your husband, uh, he makes diagnostic tools for veterinarians. He founded IDEX. IDEX, okay. Yes. I've heard of that. He founded that from scratch. I was my husband, and it was just inducted into the Biotech Hall of Fame, actually, just a couple of days ago. You have a lot of animal diagnostics. Isn't he uh, hitting a, a new venture, FetchDog? I want yes, to hear about fetchdog. this. FetchDog.com. What is this about? It's it's a site, a website for dog owners, and it's going to be everything. It will be commercial. It will be community. It will be... Um, you know, a lot of wonderful content, a lot of articles and research you can access. Um, I have a tiny, tiny part of it, and I'm, I'm, um, I have this little, I guess it's a blog called uh-huh. Lively Licks Profiles of Dogs and Their People. And um, I'm profiling friends and, and also people, interesting people who happen to be dog owners. What do you talk about on the blog? I, I ask them a series of questions. First of all, why, you know, when did you become a dog lover? Why dogs? Um, did you ever rescue a dog? Uh, kind of personal dog questions. And then I do silly things like if your dog wrote an autobiography, what would be the title? And if it, <laughs> if it played a musical instrument, what would it be? And if it drove a car? And if it was a famous person, who would it be? And it's hilarious what people come back with because, of course, everybody has an opinion about what their dog would do. Of course. <laughs> and a few of those are, are celebrities that are joining you for that blog? Yes. Um, well, Ted Danson and his wonderful wife, Mary, oh. they have three fantastic dogs. And they're one of my, my first profiles. Um, Deborah Messing, who's married to one of our wonderful writers, Dan Zellman, they have a coton that they adore. And uh, so they've got, gotten onto it. Um, Sam Waterston, who's a friend from way back. People will, you know, of course, know from Law and Order. So I guess I'm just starting with my friends who happen to have dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everybody loves to talk about their animals. Huh? They do, but also one of my early profiles is um, a guy called Steve Lanos, who's within the New York Bomb Squad, and uh, he he has a two-year-old lab called Duke, uh, who is a explosive sniffing dog, and it's kind of a great story because um, I've asked everybody to to identify a charity. And then uh, 10 items from our catalog. So if anybody through their profile buys an item, a percentage of that will go to the charity of their choice. And my choice is called Puppy Behind Bars. Puppy Behind Bars. I've never heard of that. What what organization is that? It's a fantastic organization that uh, uses model prisoners in in prisons um, to socialize puppies that they then feed into uh, dogs for seeing eye work, assistance, or explosive sniffing dogs. And it's a fantastic program because the humans get so much out of it and um, feel like they're able in some way to give back positively. Um, And the dogs, of course, bring this incredible presence into places that can be extremely bleak. Mm-hmm. And um, then they go on. The dogs go on to do to save lives. And I've... and Duke is out of the Puppies Behind Bars program. Mm-hmm. Wonderful dog that that's, uh, works with uh, with Steve. 
Saving Humans and Puppies. A good organization. Now, if Bill and Jake were celebs, <laughs> who would they be? Well, Jakey would be the Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and Billy would be Barney Fife. <laughs> we have one of those in the studio, too. So it's FetchDog.com. I understand the site is just launching. The site is... Uh, it's just coming out it's not officially launched yet it's it's will be within days or minutes and um it's going to be very exciting when it launches so i hope people will remember and will log on and and check it out and of course on fx by the way i think fx is doing a wonderful job i really enjoyed the riches now of course damages what can we look for anything you can tell us about in damages yes i would never give away the story <laughs> i love are it. you are you watching I'm, I'm TiVoing it. Oh, good, because it's late. It is late for me. I know. It's late for a lot of people, so I think a lot of heavy TiVoing is going on. Sounds like you're enjoying your work. and Staying in touch with the animals. Check out FetchDog.com to see Glenn Close's uh, celebrity. Do we call it celebrity blog? Because no, I don't like the word celebrity. Yeah, I, I <laughs> just say it's not No, really it's just a, it's just a, it's just a blog. And I, I think, I mean, as life has, you know given me wonderful friends a lot of them happen to be high profile and so i just i'm going to them but i i want to branch out into all kinds of i mean steve linos is one you know to to learn about duke and his work and and the work of 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 people like him and steve got a medal of valor during 9 11 and mm-hmm. and five units of of uh, canine units went in and and uh, three of them didn't all come out so they they suffered heavy losses and he's Mm -hmm. uh, quite an extraordinary guy and you know as you know has has developed this extraordinary bond with this with this dog and they they work the you know like the big yankee stadium and the u.s open and any Mm -hmm. any big uh gatherings there 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 you'll find them so so we can tell people to check out Glenn Close's Lively Licks. Lively Licks. Oh, yes, Glenn Close joining us in 07 on Animal Radio. That was fun. So many great celebrities. We'll be visiting with a few few more in uh, the next couple of shows, in fact. Uh, coming up, a kangaroo who's a therapy kangaroo. How awesome. In Salt Lake City. That's all on the way. And a dog that helped his owner out of the World Trade Center in 9-11, also on the way. Right here at Animal Radio. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Did the baby Jesus awaken to the song of a donkey brain on Christmas morning? Merry Christmas from Voice of the Animal. A favorite saying goes, Every great ritual surrounds a story that is wonderful. And a really wonderful story always includes an animal. In the time-honored nativity story in Bethlehem, the baby Jesus, Mary, and Joseph are surrounded by sheep, horses, an ox, sometimes a cat, and always a donkey. Although this scene does not occur in the nativity narratives of Matthew or Luke, the donkey and ox are mentioned as being present at the stable in Bethlehem in the apocryphal writings of the first century. Those were the writings and books not included when the Bible was put together by the early church fathers. But, as the centuries progressed, it was these apocryphal books that influenced the art and writings of the early Christians. And so, 
donkey, ox, and other animal companions begin to appear with the baby Jesus in Bethlehem. Yet even prior to the birth of Christ, the donkey enjoyed sacred and divine status. In Greco-Roman myth, donkey is held in high esteem by Ceres, goddess of agriculture. In Egypt, the donkey is linked with Set, god of chaos, storms, and the voice of thunder. And in India, the donkey is the mount of various divine celestial individuals, princes, saints, and heroes, as well as a companion to Lord Indra, king of the gods. Perhaps more than any other animal, the donkey seems to have been close to the person of Jesus Christ. Their relationship is illustrated in the many examples of Jesus riding on a donkey, including his time in Mary's womb as the holy couple traveled to Bethlehem, and when Jesus enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday riding a donkey. In fact, a vestige of the relationship between the donkey and his sacred past lives on today in the breed of gray donkey that holds the sign of the cross in sable fur across his back and shoulders, a gift, it is believed, from the Savior for acting as a vehicle for the divine. During Christmas, as many people around the world rejoice in the time-honored rituals that celebrate the story of Christ's birth, pay homage to the wonderful story of donkey, vehicle of the divine. This is Ray Cumulos for Voice of the Animal, wishing you and your animal friends a very Merry Christmas. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Thinking about getting a pet for Christmas for the kids? Well, listen up. I'm Hal Abrams. Oh, a tot clutching a puppy or kitten from Santa can make for a real memorable holiday moment. But what if the new pet gets sick or dies a few days later? Well, to prevent Christmas joy from turning into drama, state inspectors are fanning out to hundreds of pet shops across Florida this month to make sure pet health laws are being obeyed. State law requires pet shops to give buyers a health certificate verifying that the puppy or kitten is at least eight weeks old and has received standard tests and shots for various diseases and parasites. Liz Compton, spokeswoman for the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, says she does about 300 to 500 pet store inspections every year. Fines usually start at about $500, depending on the severity of the offense. Such inspections are a standard part of the pet business, usually occurring twice a year. Now, some pet stores avoid selling dogs or cats. Good idea. Why don't you get those types of pets from an animal shelter? And, of course, a lot of pet stores and humane societies advise people against taking home a pet as a surprise gift, especially for a child. If you do want to get your child a pet this Christmas... Anthony Zafuto of Mr. Petman suggests a two-step process for shopping with children. First, bring the child to the shelter and see what captures his or her interest. Then go back later and get the pet. And parents should keep in mind they'll probably end up taking care of the pet. So it's more of a commitment of their time than the child's. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. 
Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. We're looking back at 07. One of the big news newsmakers was the kangaroo, the therapy kangaroo out of uh, Utah. Went like this. And now we go to Utah, which is right here where we were broadcasting from. We're here from. in Utah. Uh, we're at the south side of Utah. We go north side, I believe, to the Salt Lake City area where there is a, uh, a senior living community. And uh, let me say they're hopped up on a dose medicine but we're not talking about pills they're spending quality time with elliot a six month old kangaroo huh apparently one of the most popular members of the salt lake city silverado senior living community where we have staff member nora lynn snow on the phone hi nora lynn hi how are you very good how are you doing good thank you are you sick and tired of people calling you up to ask about the kangaroo not at all <laughs> not at all well, tell us, uh, now, first of all, uh, yeah. who who came up with the idea of Elliot, and did it involve uh, any kind of happy hour? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Elliot is the fourth uh, marsupial that we've raised. I have raised a wallaroo, two wallabies, and now Elliot, and he is a red kangaroo. You've actually raised these. They actually come to the community all day long, but on weekends and in the evening, he goes home with me. Oh wow. wow! So this is this is like your hobby. You you, you raise kangaroos. Now wh- where do, where do these come from? There is a gentleman in Springville who has exotic animals, and okay. he allows me to borrow okay. um, the kangaroos for about six months while they're little, uh-huh. and they become a therapy pet here at Silverado. And and how do the seniors react? You know, because as a small joey, the animals are very gentle uh-huh. and. They will sit on the residents' laps for hours and let them just pet them. Then as they grow, they hop down the hall and they make everybody smile and the grandkids want to come see them. So it's, it's an awesome situation. Now, I've heard of therapy cats and uh-huh. dogs. H- have you had that type of animal there and why a kangaroo? 
know, we've had cats and dogs here. We uh-huh. we have had a little pot-bellied pig. Uh-huh. We've had goats. Um, the kangaroo just happened on kind of a fluke. I drove past, stopped past, um, at the house where I could see the adult kangaroos and said, would you allow me to raise one in my nursing home years ago? And he said, sure, let's try it. And that's how it all started. What is it like to take a kangaroo yeah. home? Are they inquisitive? Do they get into things? How do they act? You know what? They don't really get into things. They um, will hop around. He pretty much follows me around the house. He lays down on the couch. He sleeps next to me, bundled up in a blanket at night. He has to be touching me. He's decided I'm his mom. (laughs) See, I picture something like a monkey that would get into cupboards and and everything that you would just have to watch him 24-7. No, he's a real sweetheart. Kind of docile, kind of like kind of an old dog. Oh, how wonderful. Now, they obviously get uh, too big at some point in time to uh, uh, to be uh, a therapy pet anymore, I would imagine. Right. As soon as they um, um, their hormones kick in and they turn into teenagers, yes. <laughs> then they go back to um, the farm and he uses them as breeders. Huh, okay. So does he sleep all night long, or is he nocturnal? No, he sleeps. You know, really, they are nocturnal, but he has learned, or we have, um, he's up during the day, and he does sleep all night. He has a bottle about 10 o'clock before he goes to bed. He's still on a bottle, Uh and then sleeps until about 6.30. What do they eat? He uh, drinks... puppy replacer formula because they are lactose intolerant uh-huh. and then he grazes so he'll um he eats pans he eats my flowers he eats grasses <laughs> <laughs> he likes fruit bananas strawberries that kind of thing oh, okay so you're a staff member at this senior community also right right i'm the administrator you're so the administrator boss so you're the boss because i was going to say <laughs> how do you go into the boss and say i got this idea for a great therapy animal it's a kangaroo no, but it's my idea, so we're okay. It was uh, it was uh, green lighted from the beginning, is what yes, you're saying. Was. Okay. Well, I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing, and uh, and keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, very good. Uh, I guess there's. A, do we have pictures at our website of this? We do have a picture. One picture. I, I think it's just a generic. I don't it's think a generic I picture. Actually, picture. Do pictures yet. exist anywhere of this? Because I would like to. Play. Of course, this is radio, and I'd hold up a picture if I had one right here. Right. I can get you pictures. Okay. Of that... Him with residents and with a staff, and he also travels to elementary schools so they can talk about oh, it. Oh, how wonderful! We'll post it at animalradio.com uh, so everybody can see Elliot, the therapy kangaroo. How fun it was to learn about Elliot there. One of the great newsbreakers of 07. Coming up, well, Nora the piano playing cat. <laughs> she uh, she hit the top of the charts on YouTube, even making it to the Daily Show and the Tonight Show and just about every TV venue she could. She makes the news this year, and we'll actually find out. We'll, talk, we'll be talking to her guardian up next. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And we're looking back, back, back. Hi, Michael. How are you? Very well. How are you doing today? Doing well. We are, where are we calling you? I am in um, Novato, California. So about 27 miles north of San Francisco. Actually, very beautiful place. Very beautiful part of the country. It is a great part of the country. We uh, we love it here. You have uh, a very special guide dog. Is that correct, Roselle? Correct. 
and things got real close on 9-11. And I was wondering if you could tell our listeners briefly, bring them up to date. Tell us the story of what happened on 9-11 for you and your situation. Roselle and I on 9-11 had worked together for about 22 months. And um, Roselle has, um, has, has guided me by that time, actually. She had guided me all over the, the country. Roselle is my fifth guide dog. <clears throat> um, on 9-11, we worked in the World Trade Center on the 78th floor of Tower One. Wow. So we were there in our office. I was the manager, the regional sales manager for Quantum Corporation in New York City. So we worked in the office. Uh, we had a special training session that was uh, going to be happening that day. And uh, procedures were, were in place, and the, and the meeting was getting ready to start when the building was struck, and suddenly everything, of course, changed. Mm-hmm. So we had guests to get out. <clears throat> um, I, I was able to uh, purvey on uh, a colleague of mine who was from our corporate office in California, David Frank. David was um, there to, to have some account responsibility for some of the people who were in. He wasn't doing the training. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got David to get guests out, and then after they left, David, Roselle, and I went to the stairs and started down. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotta. I, I want to break in here real fast if I can, because I failed to mention this. Uh, we we mentioned that Roselle is a guide dog. We didn't mention what she guides you for. You're blind. That's what guide dogs do. Yes. Okay, I I know that there's hearing type of uh, assistance dogs. dogs. There are companion dogs, service dogs, and so on. And guide dogs do guide. Okay, so the, so Roselle comes to work with you every day. Is that correct? correct. And you're, you're there. Uh, obviously, something is happening. No one really knows what's happening. Uh, very scary sounds, I would imagine, for any person and, and any dog. Uh, how did you become to understand what was happening? Well, we didn't um, as such. Let me go back a little bit. What what I think people need to understand is what really goes on between a blind person and a guide dog. Yes. What what happens is that we learn to form a team. People think that the dog does everything and the blind person kind of just holds on and that blind people don't tend to have a lot of knowledge or abilities to do much because they can't see. The fact of the matter is sight isn't the issue because... We as blind people learn to use different techniques to do the same things that you do. I could turn that and say it the other way. You learn different techniques to do the same things that we do, (laughs) mostly. Mm -hmm. The difference is we can read in the dark and you can't. You're you're handicapped. You have a light dependency Mm -hmm. that you can't kick. And and it's just the way it is. And we we understand that and we can cope with it, you know. But but the fact is that, that there are different techniques that many of us use to do different things. You do radio differently than I did radio when I was doing it 30 years ago at the University of California at Irvine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you do it differently than I would do it somewhat today. Uh But the fact is that it's just different techniques to do the same thing. What I do is rather than relying on my eyesight, and believe me, I've seen lots of people who I question how good their eyesight is anyway, (laughs) um, I use a guide dog to make sure that I walk safely. Roselle's job is to make sure that we walk straight, we don't bump into things, and when we get to street corners or other obstacles that require a decision, she stops and waits for me to decide what to do. The key is I have to decide what to do. Uh Now, having said that, 
The other part of it is that when I decide what to do and give Roselle direction, I need to trust her to do her part of the job. Sure. So, for example, at a street corner, if I tell her to go forward, <clears throat> I'm going to trust her to walk across the street. I tell her to go forward because I hear the traffic going the same way I want to go. And ultimately, the way that the, the noise of the traffic is what I need to use to determine how I go. Mm -hmm. So I start to go across the street, and suddenly Roselle stops. She swerves, she backs up, she moves quickly for whatever reason. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not going to question her when she's doing that. Mm -hmm. If I discover later that she's off trying to go visit a bird or something like that, <laughs> we're going to have a discussion about that. Sure. That doesn't happen often. She's trying to warn you if she takes you out of the path. She's moving to get away from something and protect both of us. Okay. So I have to trust her to do her job. Likewise, she learns to trust me. When I tell her to go forward, I mean it, and she knows that I'm working on behalf of both of us to get us where we want to go. So it is truly, in every managerial sense of the word, a team that gets formed when we when we start working together. Okay. We wow. need to trust each other. We need to interdepend on each other to get the job done. That's, that's the same thing that goes on between you and your eyes or that goes on between the two of you when you're doing a radio show or any team. So when, um, when we were in the office on 9-11, what was occurring was that <clears throat> Roselle was asleep under my desk. The building was hit. She came out from under my desk after the building stopped. I took her leash and then my colleague David saw fire outside the window and said, oh, my God, there's fire. we got to get out of here. And people began to panic. Uh -huh. Meanwhile, I was saying, hey, slow down, David. And David was going, no, you don't see it. we got to get out of here. The usual line, right? You can't see what's going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh -huh. you know? Well, of course there was fire. He said there was. I didn't doubt him. Besides that, buildings don't do what that building did. Right. But I also had Roselle sitting next to me, not indicating that she felt endangered. So I took the cue from her that she was feeling comfortable at the moment to say, let's evacuate in an orderly way. Mm -hmm. and as the leader of that office, I knew what the evacuation procedures were and, um, and so was able to, to take command and direct people to do what they needed to do. Uh -huh. So Roselle gave me some information right there. The next time we had any real clue of what was going on was uh, after our guests were gone, David, Roselle, and I got to the stairs. We started down. I started smelling an odor that I identified as burning jet fuel, the fumes from burning jet fuel specifically. Yeah. And so we assumed from that that an airplane hit the building. We uh -huh. didn't know why or what the real details were, but right. that's what we assumed happened. I didn't know what happened <clears throat> until... Both towers had collapsed, and I was finally able to reach my wife again on the phone. I had talked with her just after the building was hit to tell her that we were evacuating. I wasn't able to reach her again until we were out. Both towers had collapsed and so on. So Roselle led you safely out of the building all the way down so, 78 flights of stairs? Well, I mean, well, and, and frankly, that's no big deal. Uh -huh. um, well, what is there to walking downstairs? And some of the times when it was crowded, Roselle wasn't able to guide. She had to walk at heel sort of behind me because we almost had to walk single file. But I say, what's the big deal? Because what is there to walking downstairs? You go down a few stairs, you make a turn, you walk down some more stairs. I mean, you walk down flights of stairs all the time. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, people think that's a, a real miracle. I think that the miracle is that the team worked. Sure. But also... 
for me, the dramatic part wasn't going down the stairs, wasn't running through the tower and through the, the rest of the World Trade Center. But after we got outside, we decided to go to a car that David had parked in a lot right across from Tower 2. Mm-hmm. We were diagonally across the street from Tower 2. That's like less than 100 yards away from a 400-yard tall building. Mm-hmm. We were diagonally across the street when it collapsed. Mm. Okay. Then nobody was helping anyone, so it was just Roselle and me. And I am absolutely here to tell you that if I didn't have Roselle to guide, and she did a wonderful job of guiding us, literally we ran from that tower, mm-hmm. I um, am convinced that, that I wouldn't be here today. How did the relationship, obviously, there's some obvious things that the relationship changed. Uh, she, she had been with you uh, almost two years prior to that. Was there a new level of trust? I, I think it was a, a reinforced level of trust. Um, it's a deep level of trust right from the outset. Sure. We had to have that, otherwise we wouldn't have been able to function and survive. Because it's also me telling Roselle that she's doing a good job and keeping her focused and and helping her maintain her confidence. She didn't know what was happening. She wasn't really being threatened, but she certainly saw and could sense all the things that were going on around us. And there was, as we ran from the tower, that horrible noise. So we all had to work to help each other to maintain focus. And as I said, when that building was coming down, nobody was helping anyone. Mm -hmm. I suspect it was about the only team that was really working at that instant in time was Roselle and me. Mm-hmm. David was long gone. I mean, everyone panicked, everyone ran. Sure. We turned and ran back the way we came. And I think that that is the real compelling story. It's the team that worked. It's the relationship that made it possible for both of us to survive and both of us to function. And that's what I really want people to understand because it's a very deep relationship that we have, but anyone who owns a pet can have um, a, a pretty deep and a pretty good relationship. I think most of us really misunderstand and misassess what the relationship can be and how intelligent our animals are. And we don't really tend to, to focus on what we need to do to make that relationship work. How, how can we change these things? Through education, um, through promoting responsible pet ownership, through promoting things like the Canine Good Citizen Program from the American Kennel Club, um, through programs like yours, encouraging people to to work with their animals and take the responsibility seriously that says, if you have a pet, that means that, that you're taking on the obligation of developing a relationship. It's not just enough to say, oh, I have a dog, I'm going to feed it, maybe I'll teach it a trick or two. Dogs, dogs and cats and, and other animals have feelings, uh, they have what they like, and we need to, to learn to, as much as we can, speak their language, learn how they think, and make it a comfortable world for them, too. Um, and, I, and I see so often that people don't take that responsibility seriously enough that they learn what they need to learn. Um, it's, it's not an easy process to own a pet, much less to have a guide dog, and that's why only uh, a, a about um, 1% of blind people use a guide dog. A lot of people don't want to take that time, don't want to take that responsibility, or maybe a better way to put it is a lot of people don't want to really have that kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. The people who do work on learning what it really means to adopt a, a guide dog lifestyle, which is 
taking on the responsibility of caring for another individual, taking on the obligation of trusting that other creature and letting that other creature trust you. It is a mutual trust. It is an interdependent world that we live in when we use a guide dog. And that's really true, I think, to a to a significant degree for anybody who has a pet. What a wonderful, warm story that you have told us about the partnership and the, and the, the wonderful bond that can be between a human and an animal. Now, I understand you're the National Public Affairs Director for Guide Dogs uh, for, right. the, for the Blind. Is there a website that we can there, learn more at? There is. Um, there's a website of www.guidedogs.com. That's G-U-I-D-E-D-O-G-S.com. Um, I travel around the country doing corporate keynote speeches, um, corporate addresses, dinner speeches, and so on for companies that want somebody to come in and do a motivational speech. Um, if people go to the Speakers Bureau section of the Guide Dogs website, they can learn more about me. If they want to contact me about speaking for a company, talking about trust and teamwork or change or moving on after 9-11, I can do that. And so, how's Roselle? You know, Roselle is, uh, is just doing what Roselle does. She <laughs> likes to sleep under the desk, chew on bones, and visit. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And we're sitting around the studios looking back at some of the most inspirational stories of 07. And there's so many of them that we can't cover it in just these two hours. We'll do it next week also. If there's a story that you've heard that inspires you, let us know. Or if there's a story you'd like us to cover again in our flashback of 07, one 405 8405 or you can actually email us anytime you want at your voice at animalradio.com. One of the biggest news stories in the animal world for 07 was Nora the piano playing cat. 
we got her guardian on it. It sounded like this. Well, Judy, it's uh, no secret that if there's a talented animal out there, they eventually wind up right here on Animal Radio. <laughs> uh, we have Sylvester. Remember Sylvester? Sylvester, yes. He, He's making a big time on YouTube now. Yeah, he plays dead when you shoot him with your finger. He rolls over. And then there's, uh, oh, that, that that laugh there is the laugh of Betsy Alexander. Hi, Betsy. How you doing? Hi. How are you doing? She's laughing because she has one of these talented animals. Yes, she sure does. In fact, uh, it's Nora, the piano playing cat. Is that correct? That is correct. Well, now, you're a, you're a music teacher, a composer, a, a genius by trade. Musical genius <laughs> oh, by <I> trade. <laughs> and yes. you, you actually, uh, you, you, you teach kids and adults at your, uh, your place of business, and I believe Nora is one of these animals that uh, just sort of watched what was going on and picked it up, huh? Yeah, it's really remarkable. You know, people ask me all the time, did I teach her to play or uh-huh. could I teach their cats to play? <laughs> I only wish I could do that. But as you know, cats are not so easy to train. They really do their own thing. They do what they want to do. Of course. And Nora, when we brought her home as a kitten, um, she was very interested in the piano and the music room from day one. She's been here watching the lessons, laying in the children's guitar cases, refusing to get out of them when they tried to put <laughs> guitars back, refusing to get out of my chair when I want to sit down and play the piano. So, so. she she hops up there on the, on the uh, the piano seat, right? We had her for about a year, and uh, one day my husband and I were upstairs, and we heard blink, blink, blink. <laughs> and we have another cat, Gabby, who walks on the keys. Sure, but it didn't sound like that, did no, it? No, no, this was repeated notes, and we couldn't imagine what in the world was Gabby doing some kind of repeated thing. We didn't know, uh-huh. and we and we have an open stairway which looks over the music studio. And we came about halfway down the stairs, and there is Nora sitting on the bench with this perfect posture. I mean, I couldn't ask for better (laughs) posture from my students. With her little paws up there in perfect position, playing away, and we see her, and we're, oh my God, she looks up at us, Uh and sort of this expression like, what? So what? Uh, you know, don't don't bother me. I'm busy here. And then she goes right back to playing the piano. Well, now, you, you've made videos of this, and it, it appears to me that she is listening to the sounds that she is making. She knows she's making those sounds, and she enjoys those sounds. There, There is no doubt about it. The way I got the video for YouTube is I set up a uh, tripod um, right by the piano, and I had my camera on, and then I had a remote with me where I was teaching. Whenever she would start to play, I just hit the remote. Mm -hmm. At first, she was distracted by the whirring of the tape, Mm -hmm. but eventually she got used to it, and she just didn't pay any attention to it and just kept on doing what she was doing. So that's how I was able to get so many different clips of her playing. But in fact, she often plays when we're not even in the room. (laughs) I mean, so why else would she... Now, I do think she loves the attention. Uh She loves to play when the students are here. She likes to play when people come, although she's unpredictable. I mean, if I could make her play, she would be on the night show right now they have called many times this tv show from japan they came all the way to, wow. to video her and she likes to play early in the morning a lot and i have a student on monday mornings who she absolutely adores barbara comes in nora runs down the stairs and hops up on the bench and literally plays during this adult's entire lesson and you would think it would bother the student yes does it no she actually loves cats this this student and she loves it when nora plays and she even encourages her and i think nora senses that she's a cat lover uh-huh. so she's down here playing lots. So they were here to film that lesson. 7.30 in the morning, Nora's down here by herself playing up a storm. 8.15, they get here to film this 8.30 in the morning lesson. Nora Uh comes down. She gets on the bench. She goes, plink, plink, and 
then she just sits there looking at them. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, Nora, they came from a long way. But uh, she doesn't really do this for other people. She really does it for herself. Now, does she play the full range of keys, or does she have a certain sound, certain keys? That oh, she's... this is so interesting. She always goes up to the high range of the piano. And for a long time, she was just playing up there on those high notes. Uh-huh. Uh, lately, in fact, yesterday, she was playing down in the low range, oh. even though the whole bench was available to her. I uh-huh. thought that was really unusual. Even my student noticed it and commented on it. So she seems to be um, branching out. I want to I wanna tell everyone, first of all, we're going to link to the uh, the latest of all the videos so you can see Nora playing because it's a must-see. Nora the sequel. You know, people are telling us they think it's even better than the original Nora video. Well, that's all we have time for this hour. Remember, there's lots more streaming live 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com or text ANIMAL to 27627 on your phone. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. If it happens to be a cat, don't declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Bye-bye. This is Animal, Animal Radio Network. Network.